0: It is not enough to just treat the symptoms, ladies and gentlemen. We need to address the cause. We have one major political party who has bought hook, line, and sinker into the idea that market forces, untethered to any kind of ethical or moral consideration, should be the organizing principle of uh, of our society. They actually think that's a good idea because then just a few people will have the power. It's basically an aristocratic paradigm. But I have concerns about that other major political party, too. Because too often that other major political party sees everything we're talking about and wrings its hands because it's really upset about all of It's like the woman, it's like your father is beating the child and the mother is in the hall and she's crying about it. Stop crying and call the police!
1: I'm Brian Anderson. You're listening to California Nation. Meet Marianne Williamson. She's running for president and is qualified for a spot on the Democratic debate stage by getting over 65,000 individual donations. She went to college in California, lost a congressional race in the state in 2014, and has spent a lot of time campaigning here since she announced her candidacy. So I caught up with her at a San Jose event recently to hear why she thinks she's qualified to take on Donald Trump in the 2020 election. Today on the podcast, we're bringing you that full conversation. All right, enjoy the show. We are not going to have a circus here. But well, we just left pleasure for <laughs> paradise.
0: Can you please hug me? <laughs> 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 Do not worry, Dutch is not here today. We, we clearly oh learned our lesson. These are not ordinary times, and this will not be an ordinary election.
1: williamson thanks for coming on the show
0: thank you so much for having me
1: so right out of the gate for listeners who are hearing you for the first time who are you and why are you running for president
0: my name as you said is marianne williamson and i have been for the last 35 years a speaker and a writer and a counselor and a a spiritual um, teacher and therapist of sorts Um, dealing with personal issues of personal transformation. And so I have been very up close and personal with people experiencing what I think of as the consequences of damage done by an irresponsible political system. And I have very strong ideas about what needs to change. In my 35-year career, I have seen, and I think a lot of people in the area of not only any kind of personal growth work, but any kind of deep observation of our society, has seen a level of anxiety and tension very prevalent in our society over the last 20 years or so in a way that I don't think was there before. And a lot of it has had to do with the economic squeeze that was made inevitable by the fact that over the last 40 years we have been systematically removing large portions of the public treasury into the hands of a very few of our citizens. That's what happens when you have 1% of all Americans owning more wealth than the bottom 90%. We could go on
1: about how we got here and all the problems, but this is on your website, forgive me. I do not see American politics today as a conduit for a deep and meaningful transformative experience, either for our citizens or for our country. Our government is now little more than a system of legalized bribery, and you're campaigning largely on a message of love. How do you resonate this message of love with the harsh realities that you feel about the existing system of government?
0: love doesn't diminish your brain cells love doesn't make you less authentic or less honest or less brutally self-aware love makes you more honest and more real love is not some hallmark pink pink sentiment the path of love is the path of real transformation and taking a serious moral inventory such as when catholics go to confession or jews on the day of yom kippur The spiritual path is not a path where you just pour pink paint over your problems and pretend they don't exist. That's not the religious or spiritual path. The true spiritual path is where you are willing to look at the causes that underlie uh, the symptoms that are being played out in your external life. So people who believe in in love and a higher power are the biggest grown-ups in the room. They're not a bunch of silly people standing on the periphery.
1: And for people who say (coughs) Trump won on hate... Uh, and that that was a winning message. Democrats need to stop the ooey gooey stuff and just win. What's your response to that, that Democrats just need to fight fire with fire and beat
0: them? Well, I don't remember any gooey stuff. I don't remember Hillary Clinton having a gooey campaign, and I don't remember Bernie Sanders having a gooey campaign. You know, every time something hateful happens, we take out Martin Luther King quotes, and we say that only love will overcome hate. We need to recognize that Martin Luther King was not saying only love will overcome hate, therefore only think about that after something hateful and horrible will happen. Rather, it's the preventative. If we love each other more, and love has strategy behind it, just like hate does. When you see collectivized hate, when you see racism, when you see bigotry, when you see homophobia, when you see anti-Semitism, which we have seen and we have seen collectivized and we have seen it expressed not only in policies but in t- terribly violent behavior. Love, similarly, has spine. Love also takes a stand. Love needs to be strategized. When you leave millions of American children <clears throat> in living in chronic trauma but you are not rescuing them, when you are allowing them to go to school millions of american children hungry or in schools that do not have libraries or in schools that don't even have the adequate school supplies to feed a, a child, to teach a child to read and when that child cannot read by the age of eight, that child has a <clears throat> diminished chance of graduating from high school and an increased chance of incarceration. That is a withhold of love. When we are spending so much more of our resources on ways to prepare for war and such a, uh, such a reduced amount of money and resources to wage peace on our streets and in the world, that is a withhold of love. So
1: just one or two public policy issues, what are you really campaigning on?
0: We need public funding. We need legislation to establish public funding for all federal campaigns. Nothing else will override Citizens United. Nothing else will disrupt the terrible trajectory by which our government has become a system of legalized bribery. I want to see a cabinet-level United States Department of Children and Youth to consolidate information and best practices that we need in order to deal with the chronic trauma of millions of American children. And I want a U.S. Department of Peace Creation, because we need to wage peace as robustly as we now prepare for war
1: so what does that do for the average american who feels like they're feeling squeezed economically their wages aren't going enough going up enough or there's incarceration or there's problems that the typical american is dealing with and it sounds like you describe problems at sort of the institution level of government.
0: Well, I know that it might seem that way but actually that's not true. First of all, when you talk about how many millions of American children, Americans have children, uh, you're a young man, perhaps you don't have them yet, but millions of American ch- uh, Americans are concerned about their children. I want an immediate, when I talk about public funding for federal campaigns, it's because of the economic anxiety I mentioned. I want an immediate infusion of economic hope and opportunity into the life of the average American. I want immediate medicare for all universal health care i want immediate cancellation of the vast majority of those college loans i want an immediate situation where any american can have a higher education <clears throat> at a state college or university or technical school and i want an immediate raising of the of the minimum wage we we need that in order to begin the rebalancing and i want a a, a repeal of the 2017 tax bill that gave 83 cents of every dollar to the very richest, that was a $2 trillion tax bill. That's how this changing of our, this imbalance in our economy occurred to begin with. We need to close those corporate loopholes, we need to repeal that Although repeal that tax bill, although I would put back in the middle class tax cuts that I think were a good idea.
1: Yes or no, $15 federal minimum wage.
0: Well, I want to get to 15, but there are, there are communities where that is a big, And I have no problem with government doing some compensatory measures for those communities while they're on their way.
1: And when I talk to people who (coughs) are meeting candidates for the first time, a lot of what I hear is, I just want someone to beat Donald Trump. And you ran for a race in 2014 and came in fourth for Ted Lieu's currency in L.A. If you couldn't win that race, what makes you think you could win president, the presidency?
0: President Obama lost his congressional race to Bobby Rush by 30 points. So uh, most people, you know, the, losing a congressional race is like the political equivalent of somebody's first marriage. It, it says nothing about one's future, actually. In fact, if, if anything, it is what prepares you and teaches you a lot of what you need to learn. Anybody who thinks that the problem in our midst is as simple as someone tough enough to beat Donald Trump is very naive about the nature of the opponent.
1: And I had two final ones for you. This stood out (coughs) to me at that CNN town hall as well. Uh, I think Dana Bash asked how you'd spread love in a debate with Donald Trump, and there was this very funny moment where he said...
0: Let's not pretend that he would debate me, Dana. He would insult me, he would bait me, but he would not debate me. So on the stage with Donald Trump. You know, what do you do with a child? How do you treat a (laughs) psychopath?
1: Do you really think the president's mentally ill?
0: I should have said sociopath. It's not my job to uh, diagnose the president, but I think all of us need to awaken from our stupor and recognize how dangerous his behavior often
1: is. You support capitalism with a conscience. Yeah. What does that mean?
0: (laughs) Well, when I was growing up, Corporations were expected to have a moral responsibility, to demonstrate a sense of moral and ethical responsibility that went beyond just fiduciary responsibility to its stockholders. It had a moral and and an ethical responsibility to the workers, to the environment, to the community. And a capitalism when untethered to any sense of moral responsibility is an amoral force which has had devastating consequences. You don't just place money for a small number of people, make that your bottom line. You have to make humanitarian concerns. How we treat each other, that is the essence of what makes a society work. So capitalism in America must reclaim its moral core, its ethical core, or it will create its own repudiation.
1: And you have any stocks <clears throat> or you see any ethical companies out there?
0: Yeah, absolutely. You see people who are, you know, you, you see the words of people like Ray Dalio recently and uh, Jeremy Grantham. You hear the words of people like Eileen Fisher, John Mackey, um, uh, the B Corp conversation, the conscious capitalism conversation. They've begun and they better hurry up.
1: And we're here in California what are your ties to California? I know you went to college here despite being <coughs> in Texas. And why do you think you're going to resonate with voters in this state?
0: Well, most of my adult life has been spent here. And I my career began here. I founded Project Angel Food and the Centers for Living, AIDS organizations in Los Angeles. I gave birth to my daughter. I think I already said that. Um, this this uh, I always say about Los Angeles, if I was a telephone, <laughs> this is my base.
1: Ms. Williams, and thank you so much <laughs> for coming on. It's great thank to you. have you. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for listening to the show. We've got more interviews with presidential contenders lined up later this month. and We look forward to bringing you those conversations. I'll be back in your feed soon. Until next time, I'm Brian Anderson. This is California Nation.